Hey everybody from Product Led Podcast, this is Ramley John. I'm excited to have Carlos. He is the founder and CEO of Product School. How's it going, Carlos? How are things with you today? It's going well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking, well, it's called Product Led Podcast. <laughs> You're the father of Product Led School. I'm really curious how you that started. Like you've been in this journey to start Product School and really leading that. But how did this, this whole thing come about? Absolutely. And thank you for calling me the, the father of Product School and not the grandfather. That would make me look very old. Uh, we started the company six and a half years ago. And this is basically a solution to my own problem. Because I started my career as a software engineer. I studied computer science in Europe. And uh, yeah, I think because I like numbers and I was good with video games, I guess. So I didn't really have much information around what I wanted to do with my career. So I, I got into engineering and, and soon enough, I realized that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life coding, like nothing against that. I, I was good enough, but I just, it wasn't just my, my passion. And uh, the problem is that I also didn't know how to leverage my technical background in a different way. It's almost like, okay, kid, you pick this engineering track, so stick to it for the rest of your life, right? And so back in the day, the closest alternative for me was to go to business school. And I say closest, although in reality, it's like the opposite extreme. But anyway, that's what I did. I came to the Bay Area, started a master's in uh, business in uh, UC Berkeley. And I realized that in reality, well, two, I had two breakthroughs there. One is, first of all, I'm not the only engineer who's thinking business, which was great to know that there were many other people. And two, business school is not the solution because yes, I'm reading a lot of books and I'm having fun and meeting cool people. But in reality, it was also high level that there wasn't a single class on how to build digital products or digital marketing or UX design or any of the skills that a lot of us use on a daily basis. And at the same time, there were also a lot of other people, not engineers, but maybe from management consulting or investment banking that also wanted to work in tech, just wanted to get their hands dirty, but they were feeling very intimidated by engineers. They didn't know how to code and they didn't know what the, what the engineers were doing. So here we are, two different groups of people trying to tackle the same problem from very different angles. And you know that stayed in my mind, so I kept with my career. I've started three companies in my life. Product School is my third one. And always in the education space. I think I have a love-hate relationship with education because on the one hand, I always want, I'm very curious about learning, but it's on my terms. I want to learn what I want from the best people out there. And sometimes a traditional education system didn't provide that experience. So, you know, I've been experimenting with different formats and product schools seem to be like my calling because in reality, in the last 10 years of my life, I've been building digital products. But most of the stuff that I learned was on the street, on the go, by just failing, talking to people. And there wasn't really a, a playbook. And that was the, the inspiration behind starting a product school, which is a hybrid in between an engineering and a business school. And that uh, it's also more efficient because I never understood this concept of, oh, well, you have to study full time until your mid-20s. And then you have to work full time for the rest of your life. I believe in lifelong learning. I think you can have it all. So all the trainings that we offer, which are online, are on the side. So you can learn on weeknights or weekends. You can continue with your full-time job, do what, you, do what you want. And at the same time, having that type of format allows us to involve product leaders that work at Uber, Google, Airbnb, Netflix, and some of these cool companies. They are the instructors at Product School. I believe that the best teachers are practitioners. And uh, that's kind of like a dream come true. This is the school I wish I had when I was getting started. I love it. Like building something that you wish you had when you were, like you said, getting started. You probably get this question a lot and you're kind of leading towards it. You talked about a mixture of engineering and business and UX. 
how do you define product management? How would you, you know, somebody asks you, what does a product manager do? What would you say to that person? That's a million dollar question. I'll start with what, <laughs> what, what is not. Okay, cool. <laughs> Project management, okay? And I, sometimes to this day, people ask me those questions and that's fair because project management has been around for a very long time. And it was just specifically applied to tech. Product management for me, it's a more strategic approach. It's basically an intersection in between engineering, design, and business. It's sitting in the middle between those three groups, at least, to create products, digital products, to help your users, basically. And then we can get into the specifics. And of course, each company or each industry will have their own definition. But at the end of the day, for me, a product manager is a generalist, someone who sits in between different groups and has to know enough about engineering or technology, data, uh, design, and business. Enough to be dangerous. It's not expected that you are the best at everything, but definitely you need to know enough because you have to be coordinating so many different groups. That totally makes sense, right? You're right, it is coordinating different groups. You know, since this is the product-led podcast, and this is something that Wes and I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you probably have more insight to this since you're in this world, is are there any difference between, if any at all, between the role of product managers in a sales-led organization versus product-led? Or at the end of the day, you see it that they probably do the same thing, but, you know, just the go-to-market strategy is slightly different. Yeah, I think the role is the same. Uh, obviously, the, the main difference is the influence or the weight they actually have on the overall business. Because if you are a product manager in a sales-led organization, by default, every time there is a, you know, we have to prioritize where to go, sales will have a, a bigger impact. If you are a product manager in a product-led organization, then you're probably going to be more comfortable because it's part of the culture. Probably the CEO and executives support and understand what you are doing. So I think for all product people, if you don't have the chance to at least create that type of culture within your organization, you definitely want to be in a place where you are appreciated. That totally makes sense. And I think you use a word there that I find fascinating. You said the word influence and you have to be working with all these organizations like engineering team and design team. You know, I'm, I'm sure you have some ideas around this because you are running product school, but how do you get better at that influence piece without feeling like you're being bossy? <laughs> you know, what's funny is that a product manager has the word manager in it, but in reality, you're not really managing anybody. You're an individual contributor, but you can be a bottleneck for a lot of people. So the word influence is critical because you need to influence people without having the actual authority. It's not that someone put you there and say, and now engineers, designers, and manage, uh, marketers report to you. You have to collaborate with them at the same level and really help them understand why would your role is important, why you're here to really help them, not to give them more tasks, the tasks that their actual managers are giving them. So it's a really thin line between really earning the respect of your people by being a support role and not just being an extra task on their busy plates. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm sure there are other things that influence is a big piece of what you talk about being a manager. What are other like soft skills that, you know, this you find pro- like really great product managers sh- should have other than that influencing piece? Well, for me, it's, it comes down to communication mm-hmm. because the reality is as a product manager, you're not going to be coding. You're not going to be selling. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be designing. So mm-hmm. why are you here, right? You really need to make sure that everyone is on the same page, that Engineers understand what's going on with design and vice versa. Everyone needs to understand why we are focusing on this specific set of priorities and not the others and what is their actual contribution to the overall strategy of the business. So there's a lot of 
communication or over communication because it's not just about being a great presenter in a North Hans meeting or being able mm. to, you know, just do a good product demo. All of those things are important, but it's really keeping a balance between all these uh, official meetings that you need to have, sometimes one-on-one, sometimes in group, with also keeping your, your calendar open enough to be a little bit more reactive and really understand the air and know what people need in each moment. It's not about getting credit and being mm. like, hey, it's actually the opposite. When things go well, you should definitely give credit to your team, the real doers. When things don't go as well, you should actually take responsibility. And I mm. think if you take that approach of leading by example, being the hardest working person in the room, not trying to take credit mm. and really trying to make sure that everyone understands what's going on, even when you are not in the room or in the virtual room, that's definitely a good, a good step in the right direction. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, we're talking about soft skills. Let's go to the other side where like, what are some hard skills that great product managers should definitely have? That is changing a little bit because Mm -hmm. when I started product school, uh, there was still a big misconception around great product managers need to be software engineers first. And there's definitely incredible product managers who come from an engineering background. And that's still the main background, in, in especially in, in San Francisco, New York, and other tech hubs. But that's definitely not the only background. Uh, we've seen a lot of successful product managers who come from design, they come from marketing, or they even come from other areas that are not even within tech. So for me, first of all, you need to be extremely data-driven. And this doesn't mean you need to know a lot about coding or need to go to engineering school. doesn't even know, mean that you need to know how to run SQL queries, even though, of course, all of those things are a nice cherry on top. Like the more you know about coding, CQL, and really work with engineers, the better. But there's a bare minimum, which is understanding that you need to be as self-sufficient as possible. Mm. Run, uh, create hypotheses, and back them up with data. And the good thing is that there are so many tools out there that are very visual and low code that allow product managers to get a lot of things done without really needing to go behind the scenes. But still, we can't just rest on our orders and expect that a visual tool will do it all. You need to be as data-driven and as tech-savvy mm-hmm. as possible because in addition to just helping you do your job well, it would also help you earn the respect of your engineers. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Second one, especially for aspiring product managers or first-time product managers, it's important to really understand your industry. You have domain expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is maybe a little bit less uh, critical for experienced PMs because once you understand kind of how product works, there are a lot of transferable skills across industries. But the first time you want to get that job, especially if you don't have the official product manager title on your LinkedIn profile, you need to prove that you understand the user, you understand the industry, you care about it. You, you, I mean, that doesn't mean that you need to be a user of your product, even though, again, that would be a nice to have, especially if it's a B2C product. But you definitely need to care and know a lot about your product within a specific industry. Otherwise, if you don't have product management experience and you don't have industry experience, it's going to be very hard for a recruiter to give you a chance. Mm. And now I see a, a third skill, hard skill that's becoming more and more popular these days, which is UX design. Interesting. UX has been underrated for a very long time. We used to put in a pedestal all engineers and then uh, MBAs or business people. But now design is it's a must that like you can't mm-hmm. get around without design. And it, it applies to both B2C and B2B. And again, I don't mean you have to become a designer first, but you definitely need to develop an eye for design and understand patterns and user experience. And this is for everything, both external products and internal products. That's really fascinating. You're totally right about that piece with the design. It's definitely become a competitive edge. Like you see with you know Uber and Airbnb, you talk about like design is key for it. 
you have any resources? I'm sure there's probably resources that you provide on, on product school for anybody, maybe not just for product managers, but for anybody that's in product-led world where they're interested in knowing and learning more about that last piece, the UX design piece. Yes. So the official resources that you can check out, we have a, a book on, on what we call product design that is absolutely free and people can download from our website, proudschool.com. We also have some uh, workshops and they are recorded on our YouTube channel by incredible people like the VP of product and design at uh, Dropbox, the VP of product and design at Kickstarter. And I mentioned those two examples because they are the VPs of product and design. So those companies really, really understand design and put it at a higher level. So when not all the comp, not all the VPs of product also oversee design, but they are definitely when they, they these companies have that type of bias. I think it's a really good idea to try to learn from them. And then in general, I think product people are curious. They mm-hmm. like to geek out. They like to download the latest and greatest. Play around with tools. So honestly, if you can do that, but with a critical eye, you can also learn a lot. Like every time I receive a marketing email from any company, I kind of analyze their headline. And then I think about their call to action. So when you have that type of product mindset, you learn a lot just by looking at things with a very different angle. It's so good. I'm going to go link those resources that you have, the YouTube links, the workshops that you have, and and the book, the product design book. You know, we've been talking a lot to product managers and about them. I want to shift to founders and entrepreneurs. When's a good time for them to start thinking about hiring a product manager for some of them, they're like, oh, I'm Carlos, I don't need a product manager. I can do that myself. <laughs> like, there's going to be a part where like, it's just way too much. Like, what would be your suggestion to those founders and entrepreneurs? Well, thank you for asking that question because I think that was me many years ago. <laughs> like, I, I got this. You know, I don't need another product person. I'm the product person. And uh, the reality is it's actually a good idea that one of the founders is uh, has a product mindset. And it should be like that, at least usually you see someone who's maybe more technical and the other person is more business oriented, but definitely one of the two or three founders should wear that product hat at least until the the company gets to a certain point. Usually a rule of thumb is uh, three to five full-time engineers because at that point it gets just too much. You can't just be doing recruiting, marketing, fundraising, and then at the same time be there for your engineering team. So usually when you get, meaning when you have three to five engineers, that means that you probably have at least a team of 10, 10 to 20 seems to be that sweet spot for startups to hire their first full-time product manager. I've seen a lot of these startups that also promote someone internally because usually product managers at smaller organizations need to do a lot of things that are not part of the official product management job description. So if you've been there, you care about the product, maybe you are in engineering, business, design, whatever, you can kind of step up and, and help the founders a lot with those mm-hmm. initial steps. I mean, of course, as the companies grow, then you at some point you also need to supplement that with external talent. That totally makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, let's say somebody gets hired first product manager at a startup that's 20 people. You know, what would be your advice to that person so that they don't mess up and get fired? <laughs> <laughs> well, startups are hard. Mm. Even to work at a, such an early stage startup is, is really hard because you have to be an athlete and you have to feel comfortable with things that, again, are not part of your, your descriptions. You have to get things done and move really fast. So that's why it's common for startups to promote someone from within and give them the title. Now, if you really want to bring someone from the outside, then I would recommend someone who actually has some experience in product um, because the counter advice that I give to a lot of aspiring PMs who are looking for a job is try to look for medium to large organizations 
where they have a product practice in place, where they have senior people that can be your mentors and you can really learn good practices because if you just get, you know, thrown into something that is absolutely crazy and you are not, you've never been in a startup environment or you don't feel comfortable in these type of environments, you might not be set up for success. Yeah, that's, uh, I see that definitely. Yeah, the kind of coaching piece is so critical. So we've talked about startups. I want to talk a little bit in a bigger sense, like, you know, they're a small, medium size now. I've heard of this trend and this is something that I've only recently heard where the product team has revenue goals. Like, what are your thoughts about that? Like I heard, I talked to the product manager at Drift and he has revenue goals to get signups and get people to convert into to paying. But like, is that a trend you see going forward? What are your thoughts about product teams owning revenue? It's very interesting. I'm seeing that trend happening, definitely. More PMs reporting for revenue in some cases. I don't think this is something that will apply to every company by any means. I mean, my point is, I think it's good for the PMs to keep an eye on the PL. Because at the end of the day, you want to be able to grow in a healthy way so you can reinvest into your own product. That's why product-led growth is so important because you can see how more and more companies are investing in, in the product to provide a better experience and let users try before they buy. But if this doesn't apply in all cases, I mean, the, having PMs report for revenue doesn't apply in all cases. If you are working on an internal product, for example, or you also want to be careful because if you put too much focus on the revenue piece, then you may be sacrificing the part of the experience of your product. So we tend to say that the product manager is the advocate for the user. So you want to truly be the advocate of the user with a business mindset. So you don't forget what's the actual objective of the company. But if you put too much weight on one or the other side, I think it might not be healthy for the long run. I love that. I never really thought about that. You're right. There is this conflict between like, let's make as much money as possible. And on the other hand, like there's a point where making too much money can actually degrade user experience. Absolutely. We've seen that all the time. And also in larger organizations where there are multiple PMs, they have a roadmap that is at the highest level, right? With the business goals. And then there are other PMs who might have smaller parts of the puzzle. They are running a specific initiative. Let's say they are responsible for increasing revenue. Just think of a B2B SaaS product. And a PM is in charge of the monetization of self-serve monetization. So people who go to the website and swipe credit card. Let's say you put too much weight on that Maybe there is a higher goal for the organization, which is the you know lifetime value of the user or the enterprise sales that need to also need to grow. And so it's very important, especially for product leaders who have overall vision of the organization, to keep a balance between the impact of specific initiatives because a success at a local level can have a negative impact at a global level. That's so good. That's something you can tweet out. <laughs> so yeah, that's such a the last part is so good. I want to start wrapping up and you provided so many good advice and tips about product management. If you can summarize this and you can just give one or two pieces of advice to product managers right now, what would be those one or two pieces or however many pieces of advice you'd like to give to product people? Well, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Consultants like to give their points in three, always. Let's do it. (laughs) I try to just keep it in one, which is, you don't have to I mean, build something, go for it. They say, because sometimes you don't have the title and I don't want the title to prevent you from trying. Sometimes you may have the product manager title, but you don't have the, maybe the VP of product title. So that might prevent you from being more strategic. And I'm a big believer in trying and, and asking for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. I think in product, that's especially true. 
because we don't know. We don't know. That's the reality. We are all operating under certain hypotheses. So we are looking for people who can take that risk and go for it and, and play with it. I, I'm a big believer in, in showing things, not just telling things. So you can get your hands dirty for a second. I don't think that's going to make you less strategic or uh, you know a l- less professional. I'm a big believer in pushing people to try and then, hey, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, so good. Yeah, try it and then like really experiment and just push the limit. And one final question, you know, where can people find out more about you? This is your call to action. Now, do you want them to add you on LinkedIn, add you on Twitter? And where can people find out more about Product School? Yes. Well, so for Product School, our website and uh, our domain is great because uh, it's productschool.com. If you want to learn more about me personally, once you connect, I'm pretty active on social media, especially on LinkedIn. So yeah, feel free to chat with me there and I'll make sure to answer your messages within, let's say, 48, 72 hours. Oh man, that's so cool. You even get like a service level agreement there for your responses. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Carlos. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Big fan of what you guys are building too. Bye.